I'm Cindy, a grateful member of this group and a recovered controller fixer. Um, I spoke about anger. I felt in the beginning of my recovery, I didn't like, I didn't even like that word. Um, I dealt with it from other people and myself. So, um, so what is anger? Anger is an emotion characterized. Can you hear me all good? Okay. It's characterized by hostility toward someone or something you feel deliberately done you wrong. Anger can be a good thing. It can give you a way to express negative feelings, for example, or motivate you to find solutions to problems. My anger would be instant. I would not think about the consequences. It was like someone flicked a switch inside of me and I would go from zero to 100 in a matter of seconds. Um, the worst consequence of, that I felt afterwards was shame, guilt, and condemnation ridiculing myself. And I felt in control and powerful at the time, but it was very small period of time that I felt that. Um, my healing journey started in February of 2010. I'm a late bloomer. I gave my life to Jesus and I got baptized. My life has radically changed since that time. I thought myself as not good enough. How can I change? What am I doing wrong? Why am I not happy? I just don't fit in. If I changed this, he, they would love me more. If I did more, they would like me more. I had the white picket fence syndrome. Everything looked beautiful on the inside. Meanwhile, it was hurting on the inside. Oh, sorry, everything looked beautiful on the outside. Meanwhile, everything was hurting on the inside. I came from a home where there was love, but often I played parent. My emotional needs were rarely met. My feelings were never acknowledged or validated. I, you just pull up your big girl pants and move on. Um, I was an approval seeker and a people pleaser. I worked very hard all my life. The more I worked in my childhood, the more praise I received. Um, I enjoyed my childhood. I got lots to do lots of playing and lots of fun things. I had a good experience. My mother was my idol. And my dad yeah. was my security and my rock. Yeah. 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 Darlene, can you silence your mic? I had an enmeshed relationship with my mother. That brought me to a place where I did not really know who I was or what I wanted. All I wanted to do was make her happy. Then I got married and all I wanted to do was make my husband happy. This was a horrible place to be, even though at the time I thought it was normal. I struggled for many years not wanting to give up. And I'll read page 99 of the big book. It's about the wise, but I'm gonna change a few words. <laughs> um, so among our mothers, relatives, and friends whose problems have been solved, as well as some who have not yet found a happy solution, we want the mothers of Alcoholics Anonymous to address the mother of daughters who drink too much. Why they say we apply to nearly everyone bound by ties of blood and affection to the alcoholic. 
The Mothers of Alcoholics Anonymous, we would like you to feel that we understand as perhaps few others can. We want to analyze mistakes we have made. We want to leave you with the feeling that no situation is difficult and no unhappiness too great to be overcome. We have traveled a rocky road. There is no mistake about that. We have had long rendezvous with hurt, pride, frustration, self-pity, misunderstanding, and fear. These are not pleasant companions. We have driven to the muddling sympathy to bitter resentment. Some of us veered from extreme to extreme, even hoping that one day our loved ones would be themselves once more. Our loyalty and the desire that our daughter hold up their head and be like other daughters have begotten all sorts of predicaments. We oh, have been... We have been unselfish and self-sacrificing. We have told innumerable lies to protect and pride, protect our pride and our daughter's reputation. We have prayed and we have begged. We have been patient. We have struck out viciously. We have run away. We have been hysterical. We have been terror-stricken. We have sought sympathy. And um, so that was me, my daughter's addiction. But God had a better plan. I was desperate and I knew of Al-Anon until my, I didn't know of Al-Anon until my daughter told me to go. I feared going who I might see there or who would know me. And what if, what if I knew someone? I took the chance and walked through the door. And of course, people from my little town were there. And it was the best decision I ever made. Even though I went for my loved one's addiction, I was really there for myself. I've discovered or a better word, uncovered so much. My anger was a side effect of how I was living in fear. God put amazing people in my life. He knew who and what I needed to help me along my journey. I would often go to bed thinking, how can I make my life better? Not really knowing what to do or who to turn to. Hard to do with one hand here. <laughs> I started attending church on a regular basis. I started working the steps after a year of recovery, did Bible studies, I did healing retreats. And even though at this time I still wasn't looking after myself, I was seeing small changes in my life and I was getting stronger. I had a hard time setting healthy boundaries. I couldn't tell people how I felt. I wasn't even sure how I felt and I never wanted to hurt people I loved. I was very empathetic, and I still am. <laughs> I have lots of positive people in my life, but life was still very hard. I started to learn about enabling, detachment with love, live and let live, let go and let God, keep coming back, and oh my, keep coming back. May the anger rise up in me. <laughs> my sponsor would meet me and never judge me. She would listen and then give feedback. She's seen transformation. A lot of things happened between 2017 and 2018. We had a really bad car accident. My father-in-law died. And six months to the day later, my dad died. And two uncles died, one very close to me. And then my divorce. Uh, with God, I was able to escape depression and being overwhelmed. He had my back and was taking care of me. 
life changed so much for me. I dated my husband at the age of 16, who is now my ex-husband. I never lived on my own. Now I'm living on my own. I feel free at I felt so free at the time, but I knew God was with me. Basically, basically everything was stripped away from me, and now there's just me and God. What a glorious time for me to draw close, close to God. I stopped believing in lies in my head and started believing the truth. I did therapy for three years before my divorce, and we also did couples therapy without success. The therapy helped me with denial and seeing what I couldn't see. I thought I was helping people out of love, and I couldn't see that I deserved to be treated in a kind way. If I controlled everything, it would be done right, and life would be better. I was trying to make life easier for others. Then I would be in self-pity, resentment, and full of fear. I had to do it all myself. I was a responsible one. And I was the oldest of uh, three children, so in my home where I grew up, I was always a responsible one. At any attempt to control is a delusion. Live and let live was very difficult at the beginning, but became easier when I found the freedom that I didn't have to do it all. I, did, I didn't have to the, take, the take on the responsibility of others. God did for me what I could not do for myself. I didn't know how to get out of the mess of myself. I was my own worst enemy. Being over-responsible created a life of caretaking, which breeds anger. I became frustrated, unsatisfied, and most important, a victim. I, what was wrong with me? I was kind and helping others, but I was not happy. I didn't know it was okay to keep some of the caretaking for myself. I had to relearn how to create a healthy life and healthy relationships. I had to learn to have healthy boundaries. And what is healthy boundaries? Setting boundaries means that I don't compromise my own values for other people. Number one, to say no when I mean no, even though I want to say yes, and I don't have to justify it. Refuse to take the blame when it's not mine to take. Expect respect. Know my identity in Christ. Realizing my feelings, accepting help, and remain true to my principles and values. I was told in Al-Anon and through the Daily Reader that God could remove my character defects. And most importantly, my biggest character defect that I think, <laughs> I don't know, but was anger. So he gave me so much more. He gave me so much more love and peace. I didn't know or or need to live in the turmoil or frustration anymore. That's not who God created me to be. I can't do his work when I'm in a place of discontent. What, what do I do now when I feel angry? I use self-control. And what is self-control? The ability to regulate one's emotions, thoughts, and behaviors in the face of temptation and impulses. I had to practice self-control of my emotions. My emotions were either anger, happy or sad. I didn't know what I was feeling or barely even paid attention to what I was feeling. I just forged on and remember, pull up your good girl, your big girl pants and move on. No time to think about emotions. I had to learn from scratch what emo my emotions were. I had to practice sitting in my emotions, feeling them, naming them and letting them go. I didn't need to let them control me. 
basically in the recovery world, this is called awareness, acceptance, action, the three A's. This concept was new to me when I got into recovery, but little by little I would practice and my life became more peaceful. Out of that peaceful place, I could make better decisions for myself. My relationships grew and my heart was changing. When I, saw my re when I say my relationships grew, my relationships became more intimate and peaceful and the walls came down. I could share how I felt. I didn't have to stay in resentment and irritability and discontent. My relationships with myself improved. I was kinder and more loving to myself. I set boundaries for myself. If it's not good, I don't do it. And especially if it's not good for me. <laughs> uh, my life is very simple. I, have, I had to learn to take responsibility for myself and let others do the same. I read Psalm 37, 8 to 11. Let go of fear and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It surely leads to evil deeds. The evildoers will be cut off, and those who hope in the Lord will inherit the earth. And yet, a little while, the wicked will not be, and you will look diligently for their place, and it will not be. But the meek will inherit the earth and will delight themselves in abundance of peace. So this passage doesn't say a little peace. It says abundance of peace. And I looked abundance up and it says where there's nothing is lacking and so complete that nothing can diminish it. And this is God's promise. So my anger was born out of fear. Fear of my grandchildren not having a mother. Fear of losing a child. Fear of what's going to happen next. Fear of broken family units. Fear of harm of oneself. And fear of death. Fear ob obliterated me. I was not functioning well at all. I was very depressed and with thoughts of suicide. At that time, I didn't have healthy relationships with God. I relied on my own self-will. I didn't have anyone around me that understood addiction. My anger was a side effect of how I was living in fear. I started to love God and my understanding and understand my feeling. God changed everything about me. He gave me strength when I had no strength. He gave me courage when I had no courage. And believe me, I had to have a lot of courage when I went through my divorce. Uh, he filled my heart with love. He removed character defects. He answered prayers that I thought were impossible. He restored, redeemed, removed, and moved. He gave me a better life, a life that I was always searching for, a life filled with joy, peace, and love. Thank you for listening.